Dr. Free, thank you so much for the time. It's, uh, it's been an interesting time, I suppose, for Africa as a whole. Really, we, we're trying to find ways to better ourselves. We're seeing the rest of the world get into somewhat of a frenzy, if you want to call it that, with regards to the trade situation and trade wars, of course. But Africa is trying to find a way to make itself better. And of course, things like the African Continental Free Trade Agreement come to mind. How important is it for the GSC to make ease of doing business across the region, uh, perhaps, you know, try and help the process and make it better? We place an enormously high uh, priority on our integration across Africa. In fact, um, 10 days ago, I was in the US with um, a number of international investors, and they were saying that they're finding the US-China um, engagement together with Brexit to be very unsettling and um, the policy uncertainty is driving a much higher interest in investment in Africa. And so for us to unlock the economic continental value between the countries is really important. As an exchange, we play a really vital transformation of capital role. So we're here to create or to enable the formation of capital. And the problem across Africa is that there are many smaller countries with much smaller corporate environments. And so because of that, you not only have fewer listed entities, but you also have fewer investors who have an appetite for a deep liquid market. And so we've been collaborating for a number of years. The integration and the collaboration across uh, these uh, countries, uh, whether it be through trade or uh, general investment of finance, is a long game. It's not something that you would plan for across one shorter economic cycle. So we have to have long lines of vision. We have, um, over the past uh, number of years, been engaging on three key initiatives. Um, the, uh, from an exchange perspective. The first is the Africa Exchange Linkage Project, and that is a connection between seven exchanges, and the idea there is to harmonize and to integrate the flow of capital, and in so doing, to unlock liquidity and to unlock information and access to different exchanges. These are the seven largest exchanges across the continent. In addition to that, we have a, a system called COSI, which is the Committee of Stock Exchanges, and um, this group is, is SADC-focused. Um, we have been working for a number of years now on a hub-and-spoke type model to try and integrate the flows of um, investors and potential issuers um, and connect them. And then finally, we're also, the third area is that we are working with Zambia on a Zambian uh, grain contract in the commodity space, space, which could be settled in dollars. And so we're very excited about the possibility that these things could unlock. That said, there are many complexities and difficulties that we have to work through. Taxation regimes to make sure that dividends and other tax-related um, implications of trading um, uh, don't create a double taxation uh, environment, harmonization of regulatory requirements, investment mandates from the asset managers. And, and so the list is, is really long. And 
working across multiple different countries uh, makes it uh, a complex and, and lengthy process. So it's not something that happens overnight, but it's something that um, certainly the entire continent and all of the exchanges uh, who are part of these very important bodies are, are collaborating on. Sure. Uh, considering the, the bulk of what you've said to us, then that it would sound as though the JSC, for instance, is ready for something like the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Would you say that's, that's the case? We're absolutely always ready for anything that uh, expands and grows markets. Our, our primary objective, we are rooted in the, 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 the economy in which we operate and we operate on the continent. And so we're rooted in our continental um, environment. So most certainly it's, it's a high priority. We would wholly support the process. Um, we would wholly support the liberalization of trade because that would open up connections between potential companies across Africa and, and, and companies uh, in, in our country. And uh, that would most certainly deepen liquidity, um, improve and increase the pool of investors and improve and increase the access that our investors in our country um, can uh, access or invest in across the continent. Yeah. That segues very nicely then into the benefits South Africa would certainly have from the free trade agreement. What are perhaps a little bit more of those and, and how exactly can we ensure that there are efficiencies in ensuring that when this trade agreement comes to the fore, you know, it, it, it doesn't become just hearsay, another project that we've, you know, spoken about for so long but haven't actually implemented. Uh, what, do you be, what do you feel could be, uh, you know, something that we could push on to ensure that it does happen? I think, I think it's a really vital thing and I, I think the benefits will be very profound. And the benefits are, are really around trade liberalisation and the beneficiation of our very vast natural resources into an industrial um, continental marketplace. And so this bodes very well from an exchange and a financial services perspective, but equally so for the real economy. And so in the past, it was very much about potentially beneficiation of minerals, and it's now moving to more of a commodity play. And um, I, I think that with the, the dislocation and potential uncertainty in global trade flows, we're seeing those corridors of trade changing. And... Um, Africa is, um, is, is really well-placed. Uh, we have uh, the, a, a key relationship with many of the developing, uh, developed worlds, but also with China. And, and, and I think that as trade discussions potentially either break down or uh, don't uh, progress as well as they should between developed nations, whether it's related to Brexit or whether it's related to the China-US uh, engagement. These create opportunities for us um, and opportunities for us to grow because as a broader continental marketplace, we are much more powerful and we will most certainly unlock uh, trade, liberalize trade and um, increase and improve competitiveness and grow our markets. I can imagine that that would only be helpful to, to the cause as a whole. Look, it seems very easy then, or easier, should I say, for big business to get involved in this. Entrepreneurs need to play some role as well. And them finding other uh, people within the continent 
to play a part in their value chain is quite significant too. How, how can we ensure that that happens as well? And I think this is a really critical point you, you raise. Part of one of the um, bodies that I mentioned earlier, uh, the AELP um, African Exchanges Linkages Project, uh, part of our focus is on the SME market. And so we are working to unlock the um, funding that is required for SMEs because this is where the growth node is, is going to be coming. In a world where the developed market is experiencing um, very bleak and bearish outlooks on potential growth, they will be looking for high yielding environments. And that high growth potential is coming from the SMEs. So we, we believe that there is uh, an enormous amount of work that needs to be done in both unlocking the connectivity between the countries and encouraging an investor risk appetite, which is open to the SME market. And unfortunately, there have been barriers in that regard. Barriers in the form of either trade agreements, which I, I think that this new agreement will certainly unlock, barriers in costs of transportation, in infrastructure enable, uh, enablement, and um, those, those things need to be overcome as a collective. But ultimately, it's about managing past the risk appetite and the perceived high risk of SMEs. Of, of, of all of those, your biggest fear then out of, you know, that would hinder something like the trade agreement impacting and affecting and helping the rest of the continent, including South Africa? I think one of the, one of the biggest hindrances is potentially the inertia and the pace at which we move. And so trying to unlock quick wins and create short-term benefits, and it may be in the form of smaller regional um, initiatives, or it may be in the form of identifying smaller, um, smaller projects, smaller industries in which to unlock this. Um, it's an enormous objective to try and get um, what is currently 27 and, and potentially up to 55 countries to agree on a taxation, a legal regime, a common um, regulatory approach to inter-country um, disputes or inter-country agreements is, is an enormous, enormous uh, complex exercise. Dr. Free, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Great to chat.